In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Brendan and Matthew of Bottoming, the LGBTQ plus mental health podcast. We're going to be chatting about all things podcasting. So first up, guys, the name. Why? <laughs> so, yeah, so initially it kind of came out of I'd written this six part um tv series which i never did anything with it was just to kind of get over like traumatic experiences and uh, prod humor at them um and when i was thinking of that name which is of the same name bottoming i just wanted something that was really tongue-in-cheek and obviously referred to um the community in some way and also reference the mental health aspect so i just thought of rock bottoming and then we obviously have bottoming in the gay community which is (laughs) receiving the penis or whatever you have (laughs) um i think we've been friends for quite a few years at this point as well and whenever we've talked about anything that's been even remotely difficult or traumatic there's always been an element of um humor or Mm -hmm. taking the piss out of it so it was just yeah we just ran with it because we're (laughs) just big fans of puns yeah and that really comes across in the podcast itself there's a really nice sort of laid back vibe it sort of feels like a friendly Mm. chat and you've got humor in there which Mm. is lovely um what made you want to set it up in the first place well initially so me and Matthew have known each other for a few years and we've been each other's kind of we've leaned on each other for a lot of different things and the mental health conversation just gradually came up due to life experiences that we'd had um and we got to a point where 
I think I was out of work at that point. We were both, Matthew was going through therapy. I was on the waiting list for therapy and had just had um, like a really, uh, like a mental break basically. Um, And so we're looking for ways of connecting to other people based on these experiences, because at the time there wasn't really anything specifically mental health uh, specific for LGBT people, despite um, there being higher cases of mental health issues within the community. And so, um, yeah, we just decided to to set it up. And initially, the first few episodes were kind of based on um, topics. And it was kind of like a bit of an investigation for us, wasn't it? Mm. Like to look into, say, education as a, as a, um, as a, what's the, what's the word? Um, I guess, like, kind of, it was free therapy, (laughs) in a way. It was like topics that we had had, like, negative experiences with. Um, and I think maybe not acknowledged for years and years at that point. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the first season, it was five, six episodes, but it was all just very heavy. I think at that point for us, because it was very personal and we were kind of digging quite deep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where it started. How do you look after yourselves when you're dealing with those kind of heavy topics? Obviously we're a mental health podcast as well. So we've kind of yeah. got mm-hmm. our own you know, routines and techniques, but we'd like to hear yours so we can steal them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, in the first season, we, we started the podcast <laughs> off every season, every episode saying, you know, we're not by any means mm. professionals or experts. We're mm-hmm. just kind of talking shit, hopefully to make ourselves and hopefully people listen and they can connect to it, feel a bit better. Mm. We um, took, well, we said we were going to take a short break in season one and that was um ex- early early 2019 Mm -hmm. so we kind of imagined a month or two just to kind of recuperate Mm -hmm. and and then come back to it um that short break lasted over 18 months and we didn't actually come back until (laughs) december 2020 um and i think in in that time away from working on the podcast we'd both gone through different journeys and different processes whether that was kind of like counseling medication um relationship changes all, all sorts of different things um, and we just came at season two and now season three with a much um, a much more open approach, I think, mm-hmm. kind of acknowledging that obviously what we did in season one, it was it was too mentally draining on ourselves um, and that you kind of have to make sure that you're in a good place to be able to then do this sort of work. I'm sure you feel the same mm-hmm. with the kind of topics that you've covered in the past. Um, so we've just kind of made sure that say whether it's like setting time aside and making sure that it doesn't try not to overspill into other aspects of what you're doing because mm-hmm. we both do other things outside of the podcast so there's been a couple of occasions where we've actually had to say or we'd had a say an interview scheduled um and we've had to cancel it and mm-hmm. rearrange it reschedule it because of our own mental health mm-hmm. and just not being in the right headspace to approach it and vice versa we've had guests that we've been speaking to where um something's happened happened in their lives and they're like you know still would like to do the episode but we encourage them to you know we'll rearrange it and let's come back to it when you're in a better headspace because we know how valuable that is Mm. um so yeah I think that's the main thing and then also our relationship is also um a really key it's the core of the podcast really and I think that's also what kind of people are attracted to in a way is that we can kind of talk about the things in very frank Mm -hmm. uh in a very frank way but there is that lightheartedness so it doesn't feel like this heavy subject 
which is one of the things with mental health conversations as well, which is can be make it quite tricky to approach when there is it, uh, it is just serious conversations and it is just you know very um very dark and quite mm. deep and so if there's this kind of light element it does make it easier to kind of come towards and um and join in the conversation as well so mm. that's really important for us what would you two say you kind of do because obviously i know you you just asked about <laughs> getting tips from us. I, mm, I don't think we're we're the experts by any means, but you've you've done a lot more episodes than hundreds. We've done. How have how have you managed to like stay on top of of it and yourselves with that? So for me, um, and I'm sure Yvette will have even better answers. But for me, it's very much about what I do immediately after the podcast um, mm. and actually recording it. And recognizing it's probably not a smart idea to kind of organize like or book in work stuff or like mm. really super social stuff right after and just give myself the space to kind of recuperate and acknowledge like it is mentally, it can be genuinely exhausting and quite tiring mm. to just talk about that kind of stuff. But also sometimes just being a space for listening to that. Mm-hmm. just acknowledging that it is difficult and making sure that there's time and space afterwards um that's my main thing Yvette what do you do yeah I'm not always great at remembering to do um you know decompressing or whatever what you want to call it um <laughs> but I think things that sort of have helped me have been you know listening to music um listening to audiobooks because <clears throat> when sort of we were recording this in person um I'd usually be sort of recording and then get on the train. And yeah, I realized fairly soon on that I needed to be either watching a very, you know, trashy TV type thing on my phone, um, like a relaxing thing or listening to an audio book to calm me down um, rather than any sort of like emails or even mm-hmm. <laughs> even watching anything on TV that was a bit too um, mm-hmm. dramatic or anything. But it can be hard, you know, because um, you do get you can get quite involved in what people are talking about. And um, yeah, I mean, I really love doing meditation, which I I always sound like a bit, I always feel a bit of an idiot saying that, but um, that can be really helpful. So sometimes I just Mm -hmm. do like 10 minutes of that. I've done, I've done like 10 minutes of meditation on the train. It's quite helpful. That's something that quite a few people we've spoken to have said actually as well. And I think we've, I guess it depends as well what you view as meditation. Because I think a lot of people assume it's like, the Humbaya type approach mm-hmm. but actually it can be as you say like watching watching a show every time immediately after recording or going to the playlist that you always listen to I I kind of view that entire realm of it as some form of meditation I think as well I do think also that what you guys said about um when you started using it as therapy I think that we've kind of done that as well in terms of kind of Mm. practical tips also, especially in the pandemic. I don't know if Yvette feels the same, but one thing that kept coming up when we were recording the pandemic was people recommending, and these are experts and people with lived experience Mm. and mental illness, just saying like, it's really important to have a routine, like you need to do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we're hearing it every single week and actually going like, wait, we don't have routines. (laughs) (laughs) Actually learning to do those things was very helpful. Yeah, definitely. The remembering the basics. So, you know, trying to remember to have a reasonably good diet and, you know, do a bit of exercise. And as Ellen says, yeah, the routine thing, that was kind of funny because it kept coming up. 
and we kept sort of saying to each other, do you have a routine? No, do you have a routine? <laughs> but actually, um, I've got a little doggy now who I hope you don't hear in the background, but you probably will, to be honest, at some point. Um, and she's been fantastic for my routine because I've, you know, because of her, I've had to now create a routine and that's the same every single day, including the weekends. So um, I think that's actually been very good for my mental health, um, you know, because I have to get up at the same time and I have to go outside and, you know, I have to eat at set times and, well, because I tend to sort of eat when the dog eats. I was thinking about this because you've obviously been doing this since, what, 2017 or something. And have you noticed a difference or do you feel different about the podcast now to when you started in terms of what it gives you? Oh, that's a good question. I think in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. That's a really rubbish answer. Because in <laughs> a lot of ways, it's still the fundamental, like the same idea of just realizing you're not alone in the weirdest kind of worst thoughts and things that your brain does. Um, that's kind of stayed the same. Mm. But one thing that I do think has been different is, especially in the pandemic, we talked a lot more to a lot of experts and got really kind of practical advice led stuff as well as the just talking about experiences. So that's definitely been different. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I really enjoyed doing that because again, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I think I forgot how to do basic living and just normal yeah. stuff mm -hmm. um, in lockdown. So it was good just to have people literally telling us like, you need to do this. You need to walk, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. You need to wake <laughs> up at these certain times. You need to do these really basic, obvious things that seem obvious, but you forget when you're struggling. So that's been really helpful. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, when we started, um, we just felt, as Ellen said, that, you know, we just wanted to help people who had maybe first been, di been diagnosed, um, mm. just feel like they weren't alone and that there were other people um, living with long-term mental health conditions. Um, but, you know, they were sort of doing well in their life mm. still. It's been interesting, though, because over the years, we've kind of managed to kind of progress from covering various... Um, conditions so have people on chatting about um different things um from schizophrenia sort of depression um <clears throat> and did all sorts of things um but because we've been going on uh, for a while now we've we've managed to sort of branch out a bit further so some of the episodes mm -hmm. i've really enjoyed doing recently have been chatting about um what the mental health provision is like in prisons for example in women's prisons we had one episode about mm -hmm. that and also in men's prisons um, so to look at sort of issues like that as well, um, I think is quite interesting because I think when we set mm -hmm. up the podcast, we weren't necessarily thinking about looking at that sort of stuff. It was more about sort of um, trying to speak to individual people who maybe were living with um, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia and were just feeling a bit alone about that. I have a question for you guys to turn it back around a bit. <laughs> so I feel like we're talking a lot. Um not to make you guys the spokespeople for all LGBTQ people, because that's obviously very unfair, but why is it that we need to talk about mental health for LGBTQ people specifically? You said mentioned earlier that the rates of depression are much higher. Why is that? Why do you think that is? And why do you need to be, why do we need to be treating that as a specific thing with its own issues? So, yeah, I think we've, as well as obviously saying we're not experts mm -hmm. in the mental health space. One thing we've made sure that we've done from when we started that 
it wasn't just me and Brendan talking about mental health. And as you say, like we are the spokespeople for all of the LGBTQ people. And that's, and that's that we've every episode had at least one guest um, and tried to make the experiences and the topics as well, like as diverse as possible, like within the constraints that we've had so far, mm-hmm. obviously there's always more to do, but um, we've wanted to make sure as like as, as much as for an education for ourselves, I think for listeners and just to help us understand ourselves and other people a little bit more too in terms of the difference and the kind of higher rates for lgbtq people um there was a, a recent stonewall study um that said the half of lgbt um iq plus people had experienced depression and three and five experienced anxiety and um, another quite alarmist stat, which is really topical at the moment because of um the treatment of trans people in the uk is almost half have thought about taking their life um, and I think the kind of the most simple way to put it is when you're brought up and grow up in a society where you are um, always a minority or a sideline or you're never viewed as the norm, that kind of builds into your brain and your psyche and all different levels of all different things that you do to a point where I don't think we understand mm-hmm. the impact it has on us and also what we give back as well. So... <sighs> It, I mean, this it's something obviously people can talk about this for like days and days and days. But when you've got levels of, say, discrimination, homophobia, whether that's at school, at home, internalized homophobia, um, alongside just like the social, the social matters of the day, like, you know, I don't want to use the word culture war, but at the moment and the, the last few years, especially LGBTQ topics have been um, particularly fiery. And it feels like, yeah, it is really relentless. And when you're brought up and growing up, um, whether it's in the sections of um, sections, sorry, in the shadows of section twenty-eight, um, you know, debates that or I say debates in quotations about trans people and their existence, all of those sorts of things have a real big impact on mm-hmm. um, on your mental health. And I think at a much deeper level as well, I think than a lot of people tend to either realise or want to realise. Um, yeah, I've, I feel like I've gone on the houses there, but it's just, no, it's such a, that's such a big question. No, it's a huge, <laughs> trust me, yeah. I know, I don't expect you to have like, oh, easy, that was the answer, yeah. I've ticked that off. It's such, it's such a complex thing. And I think what you said about kind of, you've got the lifelong, you know, essentially trauma of mm-hmm. being, you know, being born into a society that's still, you know, you're not treated as the norm and acceptable, mm-hmm. but then also mm-hmm. the very current, as you say, the debates constantly, mm-hmm. it's just, I can't even imagine. It sounds so draining. I honestly, mm. living in the UK, especially, I just like, yeah, oh, it's, oh, it's awful. It's so bad. So outside of the podcast, I work for um, Tonic Housing. So we're, we've just yeah. launched the UK's first LGBT um, affirm and retirement community. And oh, something that I hadn't considered until I did, I didn't work in housing and I've never worked with older people. But one mm. thing that kind of hit me really hard since I've been doing this job is that there was, when we announced this earlier in the year, there was a lot of social media kind of um, support around it, which was incredible. But obviously you always, with anything like this, you're always going to get the trolls. And a yeah. lot of the comments and statements around it were kind of, you know, why is segregation, why is the segregation, you know, there's already um, retirement communities, why do they need their own, again, in quotation marks, all of this sort of kind of othering um, questions about it. And 
in, in that demographic, especially say 55 plus is what we, um, the audience we target. But a lot of the people that engage with us are kind of in the 60s, 70s, 80s. They've grown up with governments that have um, actively criminalized their, mm. their, their life, like their living. Um, so some of the people that we've spoken to have still got criminal records after being arrested for being simply for being gay. Um, so they kind of lose all sorts of trust in um, any sort of, um, what, what I'm trying to say, any sort of service that is supposed to be there to support and protect them, whether that's the police, mm-hmm. the health service, um, you think about living through the HIV epidemic and the AIDS crisis, um, you get people, older LGBT people especially, they get to a certain point when they know they maybe need end of life care or a different um, living situation. And there's many, many stories of of people um, kind of considering whether or not it's even worth going down that route or whether they should um, take their own life. And that's mm-hmm. that's not an uncommon story, especially for older LGBT people. So I think for younger LGBT people, when that's kind of your, <laughs> I guess when that's the kind of area that you have to look look up to yeah. and you see mm-hmm. the difficulties that they faced as well as ongoing conversations obviously we've made enormous progress but as you said it, it feels relentless at the moment in the UK and mm. um, it kind of having like I guess elders in one way or another to look up to yeah. it is really important and when they've also faced you know such hardship for for decades and decades and um, it kind of yeah, I guess in, in summary, it just explains why mental health in LGBTQ people is the way that it is. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't even consider it from that. I think what you're saying about what elders have experienced, I think obviously it's very insular when you're younger mm. and you just kind of forget about that, yeah, 100%. which is awful. But mm. but it's important to be reminded of that. And I think you're right, being able to kind of look forward and go like, okay, this is what life might be like when I'm mm-hmm. older, all this, and have that legacy. It's really tough, mm. and there's no, like, easy solution, because my next question was going to be like, okay, so what do we need to do? <laughs> but there's no, there's no like, one thing, is there? No, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I mean, things are going in the, in the right direction, which is fantastic, and I think uh, schemes like what Matthew's involved in um, is is a part of this huge equation um i mean fingers crossed i mean conversion therapy will be banned soon which has been Mm -hmm. delayed for two years um but little things like that and also representation um some little things like john Waite being on should it come dancing in a same-sex couple which is Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic (laughs) um but little things like that are, are nudges to the younger community to realize that there isn't uh a shame or um a villainization in being who you are and um which is really important and and again it is so simple they are really really simple things small things that can have such a big impact just like mm-hmm. um in education now i think it was 2020 in september they um upheaved i'm not sure what that, if that's the right word they uh, changed upheaved, yeah, yeah. Upheaved <laughs> the um uh sex education so it's now relationships and sex education to include mm-hmm. um same sex couples and um and so little things like that I think are definitely moving us in the right direction mm. and it's important to kind of celebrate those small mm-hmm. things because they seem small but they are huge mm-hmm. especially for the older people that you're mentioning who have been 
criminalized for being queer mm -hmm. to then see like oh there's someone on strictly mm -hmm. who's opened the gate mm -hmm. it's huge yeah or bake-off <laughs> yes of course yeah it's a, that's a really interesting episode um because he was talking about how running helps his mental health and helps his anxiety um which can be a bit of a kind of controversial one um just because you know if a, if a doctor tells you to go for a run that can be you know well piss you off a little bit um but it was really interesting to hear you know the positive effect that exercise had had on his mental health and his anxiety and um yeah, I thought mm. it was really inspiring, actually. Yeah, he's just um, completed the marathon this weekend as well, which is incredible. So that's four years after his doctor had that conversation with him. And um, yeah, it just, it did almost make me want to start running, <laughs> but still I'm just like, <laughs> ah, I just, I'm not in a good place with running at the minute. We're not mates, so. I think that the main, maybe the, the main kind of lesson in that is just, it's about finding what works for you yes. rather than, you know, directing people to go and, and run necessarily. It's more about finding something that, you know, kind of gives you what you need from it. And it doesn't necessarily, just, that's not to say it's going to be easy mm -hmm. at the start or even during it. But if, if you find something that clicks, um, obviously that that's the important bit, isn't it? It's life-saving. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was one of your excellent guests, which leads me on to... <laughs> seamlessly on to my next question um tell us more about some of your favorite guests Ooh, so i have a favorite episode i think which is a tough episode to listen back to and i haven't done it since it came out i think it was maybe episode eight or something of season two but it's called the therapist share and we basically tried to uh, look at the different routes to therapy um, in the UK. So we've spoken to um, an assistant psychologist from the NHS, uh, someone who works at Mind Out Charity in Brighton, and a private um, assistant, uh, no, not assistant psychologist, a private psychotherapist. And um, we also shared our personal experiences of therapy and why we needed to get therapy in the first place. And I think for me, I love that so much because of the practical element to it where someone could come to the episode and uh take a couple of tools from it which not, they might not necessarily get from every episode that we do um because sometimes it's just story based or whatever but with this particular episode there was like okay this is kind of broadly what it's like in the nhs charity and private so um i think i'm most proud of of, of that episode how mm. about you i'm gonna che cheat a little bit and probably say it's like multiple episodes. Oh. So I'm, I, I really loved being able to because we were running kind of from December. We only stopped episode, uh, sorry, season two, um, in August, but it meant that we were able to cover LGBT History Month and Pride Month in June as well. Um, usually we run every other um week with releases, but for those two months we released weekly episodes, um, and the History Month series back in February. That was quite, I think that was a turning point for maybe the, the podcast and what we wanted to do with it, mm -hmm. because it did go from, you know, topic based to more, I guess, like a little bit of a, a deeper analysis of stuff, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also that that was kind of maybe when our interview skills shifted a little bit, like we're not, that's not our background. We just picked up some mics a couple of years ago, <laughs> um, but as well in, in Pride Month, 
given a lot of the conversation around either prides not being able to happen during the pandemic and then also um kind of like the the stories about pride in london and the the controversies kind of backstage with racism and transphobia and homophobia and all those different things um we wanted to showcase small prides so at the end of every episode um for pride month we spoke to a like a specific pride that was going on um so we spoke to trans pride we spoke to uh, Middlesex Pride, um, UK Black Pride, UK Black Pride, and that was just and really Traveller nice. Pride and well. Traveller Pride. So it was just really nice to kind of, from I guess from this room that we're recording in right now, speak to and experience so so many things mm-hmm. that made me feel. Um, I don't know what the what the right word is somewhat, but being able to do those two things kind of made me feel just incredibly grateful mm. to like be who I am and be like a part of such an amazing amazing community of people and what are you looking forward to covering next and do you have any dream guests oh that's a good you can manifest it here (laughs) (laughs) i well season three kind of we're we're moving into more profile based Mm -hmm. um kind of guess how, how how you started because we've obviously realized um there's so much to condense uh if you're looking at say one topic mm-hmm. uh, as say like uh, anxiety or whatever, or just education or religion and to pick that one thing from someone's life and say, can we talk about this when there's so much, so many other things that have happened to them in their lives that have also affected their mental health. So we're moving towards more profile based um, interviews for season three. Um, Michael was an incredible one. We're really excited about that. Um, do you want to say your favorite, your Dream guest. Um, my dream guest, and I'm, I think I'm turning into a bit of a stalker at this point. <laughs> I want to get, I, I want to get Moona on. Oh yes. Um, I am obsessed with them yeah. and have been since their first EP. So, I am like, yeah, probably getting a little bit too much on like the want to get them. I probably just need to relax and like, as you say, manifest and hopefully mm. it'll happen. Let them come um, to you. Yeah, <laughs> but I think also I. So my just really really quickly my uh, experience with therapy was through. Um, the charity Survivors UK, who I know that uh, was mentioned on one of your previous episodes by a guest. Um, I, I would really like to speak to them. I spent two years going through counselling with them a couple of years ago. Um, and those two courses of therapy like changed my life, um, especially because of, of the work that they do and, and the, the things they cover. So that's a topic I think up until this point, I've definitely shied away from covering because i think it's i know it's going to be a heavy one mm. but i haven't felt ready to do it whereas i think i've just started counseling again um last week actually but with a different organization um and i think yeah i think i'd really like to speak to to survivors uk but also i mean there's, there's so many other organizations that we we've kind of loosely engaged with so far mm-hmm. that we want to speak to and showcase because yeah as i say there's just so many amazing people that are like working in underfunded yeah. volunteer um really difficult things that i don't think people are aware of so yeah them and also that, mona easy them and also mona yeah yeah, yeah i think it's <laughs> a nice yeah. i would yeah. very love to listen to all of those <laughs> i think it's a nice breadth of things just before we wrap up though um where can listeners hear bottoming and follow you on social media let's not forget mm-hmm so we are on um, Instagram, Twitter, recently TikTok, um, at, at Bottoming Pod. So it's easier to say on all of them. 
Um, but you can just go to bottomingpodcast.com um, and we've got all of our, we've got our archive of episodes. We put up links and resources after every episode on there as well. Um, and then yeah, links to all of our socials. We want to start a Twitch channel possibly because <laughs> we're both, um, both gaming at the minute, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.